Hey man, and welcome to the Badam Chan with Carl. And welcome to the Badong Chain with Carl, man. How y'all doing out there, man? Hope y'all having a great week. I think I had a great week. Feeling good, you know. But I want to talk about this before we get started. The vaccination selfie, right? What are y'all doing out there, man? Come on. Like the selfie's not good enough? <laughs> Now you're using a vaccination card. Okay. Was it like the whole uh, uh, if a tree falls in the woods theory, right? So like if you get the vaccination and don't take a selfie, did it actually happen? I don't know. Well, here, I got a theory to eliminate the vaccination selfie, and it's this. Make the vaccination card a picture ID, right? Just like the driver's license. Nobody wants to show the driver's license picture ever. So boom. There you go. No more vaccination selfie. We just go back to the plain old selfie, I guess. Look, I get it, man. People are excited, right? And I don't want to take that away from you. But if you're going to post it, can you just do it not for free? You know what I'm saying? Do what I do. If you want to see CR3's vaccination card, go to my OnlyFans. There you go. You got to pay to play. You know what I'm saying? All right. Rant over. Appreciate you listening, man. Y'all still there? All right, cool. All right, my guest today is KC Shornima. Everybody in town calls her KC. KC, ever since she's come to town, man, she's been she's been a banger. You know, she hit the ground running. She uh, was doing comedy in Memphis and came here, and you know, it's been lights out ever since. I've seen her every time I see her. She she's great. Uh, Me and Evan Norman had her on our show. Uh, last February of 2020, you know, right before the pandemic. And again, like I asked people after the show, what was uh, some of their highlights? And most of them said this, this woman, you know, so there you go that she gets my endorsement. And what follows is a great conversation. And I hope you enjoy it. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Casey. Start off with actually a song. Uh, it's a, I'm Native American, and uh, it's it's our version of a famous Woody Guthrie song. I'm sure you guys know. Uh, it goes, This land is my land. This land is my land. This land is my land. Get off of my land. I'm just kidding. I'm not Native American. Uh, <laughs> Together, you know, like, I just don't know how to pretend. 
know. I just started leaning into it. I'm dressed like a whore all the time. Uh, I was like, you know, we'd be at the grocery store, I'm dressed like a whore, and he tries to hold my hand, I'm like, you know, but enough, honey, you know, just, so I don't know, like, the only, the only place where I would let him hold my hand was at uh, Thai airports, because Thai airports have these signs about human trafficking, they're like, please don't steal our women, um, it's really cute, and I, I love playing this game, where he's holding my hand, just start screaming, I don't want to go to America, I just want to stay here with my mom. Um, just to see what happens, you know. Uh, and turns out they don't care about human trafficking. <laughs> they let me go. Casey, how you doing? Good, how are you? I think I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> still, you know, I, I, yeah. I tell most people that and, and, and yeah, it's still true. I think I'm okay. Nobody told me I was. Yeah, so. there's no way to know. Yeah, you know, now in the future, when you look back in your past, then you're like, you know what? I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's only hope. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so how about you? How are you doing? I'm good. I actually, uh, I I got on this call a bit later than I thought because I got this email, and I'm like really big into falling for scams. Oh, you love uh, it, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just so gullible. <laughs> I almost just fell for a scam and then Nick was like that you're an idiot so what was it it's just some email that's like oh I know one of your passwords and I will send basically like you need to send some money through bitcoin I know I know it's so ridiculous <laughs> and I was like maybe I do need to send some money through bitcoin that's a big heart right there you know? yeah <laughs> I, I went to uh just the drugstore in and out earlier today and I don't know if this is relatable but maybe but like I was uh, just hanging out outside for just a moment. And then immediately a guy came up, you know, with the the speech, Hey man, can you help yeah. me out? And yeah. then he said, uh, I need to buy laundry detergent for my family. And, you know, I guess I should have actually, and, and I didn't think about it at the time. I was like, Oh, sorry, man. You know, I yeah. actually didn't have cash or change. It's yeah. like, sorry, so I can't help you out. But then afterwards I was thinking, wait a minute, his clothes look cleaner than mine. <laughs> you know, you're asking the wrong guy, you know, yeah. so hopefully, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but then I thought, should I have actually bought him laundry detergent or do you think, say, I don't know. I'd I've hate to before where I was like, someone's like, oh, I'm hungry. And I was like, all right, well, I have some food. Um, uh-huh. Do you want it? And people are like, no. Yeah. I've had that happen too. Like yeah. here in the neighborhood, like I had I'd yeah. got some barbecue and yeah. I, and it was like a go plate and he had asked him. Yeah. For, yeah, for money, and that's like, well, I have this. He's like, Meh. yeah. <laughs> One time, I had a new calzone calzone that I got, and I was like, oh, hey, do you want this calzone? Because I haven't eaten it, I haven't touched it, I don't like calzones. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, I also don't like calzones. And I was like, all right, well, <laughs> that's that's all I can do. <laughs> so. I, I tell you what, they're getting braver too. Uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't mean to say they, but like yeah. you know the. Uh, people that ask for money. I remember a few years ago, uh, not that long ago, this lady uh, came up and asking for $5 from me and a friend. Uh-huh. And, and they're like, uh, and my friend was generous and he was going to help her out and he got his wallet out and she looked over. She's like, Oh, I meant $10. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, you know, it's, it's inflation, I guess, you know, instant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one time I saw this kid, he was like, he was like very young. He was like six or seven and he's just walking and I was, I was in Egypt and it's, he, I see him every day on my way to the Metro. And then I was like, finally, I was like, fine, 
are you hungry? And he goes, yeah. And then I was like, okay, I have time. We'll go to a restaurant. And then I was like, you can order whatever you want and I'll order whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he orders this stuff. And then when he's done, he takes my hand and then he's like, there's a toy store over there. And I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to get you a toy right now. But then later, because it's my like neighborhood and my street, his mom finds me and his mom's like, don't ever feed him again. He has a family. We live in the apartment next to yours. He just took you out and then he tried to get a toy from you. And I had to apologize to his mom because I was like, I- I'm sorry. Like, I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, you're just trying to do the right thing or what you think is yeah. the right thing. You know, <laughs> yeah. this is kind of similar too. but uh, I'm going to tell him a friend of mine, hopefully he's listened. Uh, mm-hmm. He said last Christmas he was with his son and they were in a shoe store. They're like an academy sports, like a sports store. They're in a shoe section and his son, mm-hmm. you know, wanted to buy these really expensive shoes. And, you know, being a parent, he, he just said, no, you don't need those. We can't afford those, you know, and just put them away kind of thing. But this is around Christmas time. Uh, he said a little later, somebody pulled him to the side and I guess overheard him say that they can't afford it and gave him money. And he's oh. just thinking, should I? take the money I, i'm not broke i'm just yeah. trying to you know teach my son a lesson yeah. about like you don't need everything you see and they gave him money for shoes <laughs> so i guess i guess he looks broke i don't know yeah <laughs> i was like what'd you do with the money i was like yeah. what'd you do with the money he's like i spent it. no 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 actually yeah. actually there was a good story he, he he said that him and his son he uh him and his son picked out a um i believe this is true it's what he told me anyway a charity to give it to and oh. so he taught his son about giving yeah. the spirit of giving. That's so. a good lesson, you know? Yeah. And also, I guess the lesson is don't don't look poor if you have a child yeah. in a store. <laughs> Unless yeah. you want money around the Christmas time, I guess. Yeah. Although it does help to be like, I don't have cash because they'll believe you if you look poor. And they're like, okay, yeah. I've read this too. In California, they've, uh, they, I keep saying they like homeless people. Aren't yeah. people. Homeless people have caught on and now they're, they're carrying around, and I applaud them for this, carrying around the credit card swipers. You yeah. Know, so, so when people say, yeah, yeah. So when people say I don't have cash, they're like, Oh, I have, yeah. <laughs> I take cards. They're like, this is my cash app. And you're like, okay, well. You oh, you're on the phone. You're like, your phone's nicer than mine. Yeah. It's like, maybe I should do yeah. what you're doing. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You never know when to, when it's the right time. Even when you do the right thing, you're like, Oh, I did the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. Usually I got to, trust my gut and then do the opposite and the opposite is usually the right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like people who are always at Aldi and they'll be like, do you have change? And they know you do because you just put your card back. Yeah. You quarter. have to give them the 25 cents that you just like had. Ooh. So that's a pretty good, that's very smart. Cause I didn't like, think about that way. You can deny that you have 25 cents right now. So that's perfect. Wow. Okay. That's good to know. See, pro tip for all the listeners out there that, yeah. <laughs> you know, they probably, they probably still listen, you know, yeah. I guess. and the bus stop is right across the street. So it, it, it all adds up. You know what I mean? You're like, all right. <laughs> and if it's the all day down on Eastland, it's real close to the, uh, uh, the pinball place, you know, so you can yeah. play some pinball. Yeah. You know? Everything is in that neighborhood. So <laughs> it's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. I love how yeah. they, they plan this out, you know? Yeah. This is ridiculous. <laughs> So what have you been doing, man? Like, I haven't seen you really since, you know, the whole thing and everybody's locked down. Have you been keeping sane through the Uh, whole thing? Well, I've been working. Um, I've been fortunate to, I guess, like work the whole time. Um, So 
I've been working and then just like tepidly getting back to doing comedy. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I mean, like people have reservations, but I think a lot of people have dedicated a lot of time to doing this. So it's also hard to be like, well, I'm just going to stop, you know? So, yeah. You know, and like, I don't, I, I applaud anybody that follows what's right for them, you know, and yeah. that that's how it should be. And yeah, I, comedy is coming back and I applaud it because the people that are willing to go out there and do it, yeah. you know, people need to laugh, you know? Yeah. So that's great. I, I'd love to know. I never really talked with you about this, Casey. Like, like, I want to hear your story about how you got into comedy, if you don't mind. Like, where did that start for you? Were you like the funny, the funny person in school or? I never thought I was like a funny person in school. Uh, well, I was like the foreign person in school <laughs> for a long time. And I think that helps immediately. But I, I never thought that I was being funny. But then I looked, I found my old yearbooks recently and like, it was just like a bunch of people being like, you were like, you know, just focusing on that aspect of my personality. I always thought I was very serious and okay. studious, <laughs> but I think nobody else thought I was being serious. So that was pretty funny uh, in hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> Even when you're was, serious, they're like, oh, she's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought I was being, um, yeah. But I, I mean, I always like stand up, just like the, just, I mean, I'd never seen stand up until I think like the first one I watched was like Sinbad. Uh, nice. I, yeah. When I came to America, I watched that like randomly it was on TV and I was like, this is insane. Um, How old were you when you, when you came to America? I was like 12. 12. Okay. Yeah. But I don't think I watched a comedy special until I was like 14 or something. Okay. Yeah. Maybe 15, but I thought it was cool. I didn't think like, you know, that's what I'm going to do. Um, yeah. And then and then I went to Memphis to do uh, Teach for America and I didn't know anybody because they place you in a city. So like you, you don't know anyone. Um, and then I was like, oh, well, we should all go to see this like live comedy thing. Turns out it's just an open mic. It's not a live comedy. Like it's not live comedy, like a show. It's just an open yeah. mic. Um, and then it's such a ridiculous story because it's so dumb. Uh, there's, this, there's this guy who's like this, you know, like like big asshole. Like he was just so like rude all the time. Like one time, okay, one time we had a panel of Black Lives Matter speakers and this guy at the end of the panel, he raises his hand and he goes, so like why exactly do Black Lives Matter to the panel? So we had to have a different meeting to talk about that meeting because like Digital America is obviously a very liberal organization. And yeah. was, well, he just like says things like that to like be kind of, you know, like um, anti or yeah, yeah. controversial, like yeah. sort of edgy or whatever. I think you know it right. Asshole. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a, just a blatant one. But he was like, oh, you know, you're pretty funny. Uh, but something about like how you can't do it on stage without like, like all, all women do is talk about their bodies and like, you could never like do something on stage with that talk. It was just, it's such a ridiculous story that I hate even saying it. Um, but I only did it because he went up and I was like, I can do better than that. Um, right. And then the motivation just being like, yeah, shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you went up like unprepared. You didn't have anything to say. You just wait. No, I just had this like funny story that happened to me in college. And then I just told that story. Um, and then I just left. I, I don't think I did all five minutes, honestly. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that, I still didn't have a lot of friends in town and that bar was pretty cool. And I thought I could make friends if I did comedy. Mm. Um, and then that's basically why I did it. Cause like, I didn't know many people. And you started in Memphis then. Yeah. I started in Memphis. Cool. What year? Uh, 2016 was probably no 2017 is probably when I started, started. Okay. 2016 is probably when I did my first open mic, but then I didn't go back for like months. Um, and then after that, I only went back like maybe once a month. Uh-huh. And then it kind of just like picked up from there. Okay. Kind of like without me like thinking about it too much, it just picked up. And then, and then before I knew it, I felt like I was too deep. Like I was like too invested mentally to not do it. So now I, I just do it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I'm not really familiar with the Memphis comedy scene. You know, I started here in Nashville. I grew up uh, over the river in Arkansas, about an hour from Memphis. Oh, cool. Um, but I never really knew much about that comedy scene. Well, what is the Memphis scene like, in your opinion, versus and then versus the Nashville scene? Um, I would say, I mean, it's a small scene. It's like a, it's much smaller than Nashville. There are a couple of like comedy clubs but not at the scale as like Zanies. Um, yeah. But there, there's a Memphis comedy festival, which right. I've never done, but I heard, I heard it's good. So. Yeah. I knew uh, Laura Peak and Mary J burger got on that. Uh, I think a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's was- a good one. I think like I heard like the accommodations are really good. I mean, I only did comedy in Memphis for two years. And one of those years I was just, you know, Mostly trying to make friends, mostly not even trying to do comedy. So I got you. The next year, I got more into it. Is there anybody uh, in Nash or in Memphis currently, like like doing it full time, be it on the road or anything like that that you know of? Yeah, I think Richard Douglas Jones. He he gets on the road um, like regularly, and he does. You know, I think he's done like some um, showcases on HBO and stuff. So okay. Yeah, I'm, again, I'm I'm just showing my naivete. You know, I'm sure people are listening. They're like, "Come on, man!" Yeah. But <laughs> no, I mean, I I think I mean to be fair, I think it is a small scene. Um, so yeah. so take take me from when you started doing when you moved to Nashville and then started, you know, coming on the scene. Because from my perspective, and you can stop me if I'm wrong, but like you just came full force, like, and you really haven't stopped since I first saw you. So. Walk me through your Nashville experience. Yeah, I I did. I like. I feel lucky that when I got here, I already knew people who knew me from Memphis. Nice. Um, or like had been on shows with me, or um, just like roast battles. I used to do a lot of roast battles. Um, oh, did was, you ever do that? Uh, you look like or I look like thing in yeah, Memphis. I won. You look like like five times undefeated. <laughs> they asked me to stop. <laughs> oh wow. So mean. Um, <laughs> yeah. I could see that. But yeah, I, I knew I knew Brad from there. I knew Connor from being on like a random show together. Um, and then since they ran a lot of shows in town, they were like, oh, you're in town. You can do this. And then it just went from there. Um, yeah, but I, I didn't have to like, um, what's it called? Like grind my teeth or something. Oh, oh <laughs> um, just, yeah, just grind's fine. Yeah, just grind. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean I did like I would always go to open mics and stuff, but I just mean like I feel like when you move to a new scene, you definitely usually have to kind of like prove yourself and then yeah. 
to get on shows, but because like Brad and I actually did like the web series version of You Look Like that Craig Brewer shot with like um, the LOL network. So we shot that together. So okay. yeah, when I came in, um, like I think they both thought I was reliable enough to put on a show. So cool, cool, cool. You know, it's funny that you, that you would be do well at the at the roasting. You know, tell what yeah. people look like because <laughs> I only said it because you you are like very good at roasting yourself. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So like anybody that can roast themselves, like yeah, you have an edge on anybody. You know what I mean? Because some yeah. some comics don't like doing that to themselves, but if somebody has the humility to make fun of themselves, then it's game on. You know? Yeah, I also think people were like, I think people assumed that I wouldn't say some of the things that I would say, you know, <laughs> and like they would come in, like not wanting to go too far or something. And um, I feel like when you look like me, you can go as far as you want, <laughs> just saying crazy stuff, because I feel like there's, there is a sense of punching up when you're like, like a small you know, like brown Asian girl, like you're, you're punching up in most scenarios. Uh, whereas like a lot of people I would go against, they'd be punching down, which kind of made them look like maybe, I don't know. I think they thought they were going to come off as mean, but I was not afraid to come off as mean. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and it took them by for a loop. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 When did you start really writing instead of just going up winging it? When did you get serious about writing? Because your writing style, I've seen it evolve just from the, what little I've seen, you know, yeah. um, do you dedicate a lot of time to writing or is it, where do you get your inspiration? Um, I try to write when, like, I, I feel like it's mostly not like uh, setting down a time to write. I like to get obsessed with one joke or something. And then I will kind of replay that joke that I have that's not working. I will try to replay it in my head as I'm like doing other stuff, like if I'm trying to fall asleep and I can't, I'll just replay one joke in my head again and again and again mm -hmm. until I feel like there's something. Um, so I never like, I mean, I still don't just put aside like two hours or whatever in the day and sit down to write, mm -hmm. but I am always like in the back of my head, always like have like one thing I'm trying to work on and then like find something that's going to work for it, you know? You know, uh, one thing that really struck me and like, I knew about your self-deprecation humor. I knew, I knew about some of the jokes you had, but one thing that, that stuck with me since the only one time I've seen it was, I think it's a bit about a raccoon, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so like the way you expanded that, it got really, really, and this is a compliment. It got really goofy, yeah, you know, yeah. like, like really out there and just yeah. like, you took it out to the, to the absurd. And I've always yeah. loved the absurd. Please tell me that's something you you would try to do again because I felt like you really hit something with that the absurdity yeah. of that joke, you know. Yeah, I like I like absurdity in jokes a lot. And I think a lot of things I say that aren't absurd are still like tongue in cheek enough to like feel absurd to me. Like like I, I will say a lot of things on stage that are I think a lot of people would interpret as like straight up like conservative or something, but I think like there is an absurdity to me saying things like that, that I think is why people are laughing. You know, mm -hmm. I hope that's why people are laughing, not because they're like, oh, this girl, she's a Trump supporter. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I like, I like the absurdity of things. I definitely feel like that's one of those jokes. It has like a pretty much 50-50 success rate. Um, and I don't know why. I 
I don't use it anymore or like I don't use it right now because it has a 50-50 and I've been mm-hmm. trying to like switch tags and I've been trying to like do different things to it. And it always seems like it just depends on if the audience is like, I'm on board. Yes. Or if the audience is like, I'm not on board. I'm I'm just sitting there talking about something that makes no sense to anyone. So no, no, it, it very much is uh, based on audience. And I say keep it because I love the absurd. And I've, I've noticed with other comics uh, in town that do absurd jokes, mm-hmm. the same, the same success rate. You know, I've seen them bomb and I've yeah. seen them kill with the same jokes. Which is yeah. true, I guess, with all of them. But yeah, the absurd stuff, the real insane stuff. Uh, yeah, it's always a 50-50 shot, I'm sure. Yeah. You came to Nashville, mm-hmm. you're starting to do some of the independent shows with uh, the guys that have been putting them on. Um, at what point did Zanies start uh, becoming part of your, um, not routine, but you know, when did you start doing Zanies? Um, so... Laura and Brad used to host the brunch show um, and yeah. they picked me up. Um, and then Lucy saw that and she put me up for one of those showcases. Um, it was like Yazoo night or something. Mm-hmm. And at the end they do like a competition to, it's like a small thing. It's just like audience like clap or whatever. Um, and then I won that one. So I got to come back next yes. the following month. Um and then after that, it's not like I was getting like, like regularly booked or anything. I mean, right. That, that's why I didn't want to say routine. You know, it's like yeah. I don't want to say, oh yes, it's exhausting. You know. Yeah, but. and I think I think that's, um, well, since Zanies is open like seven days a week now. Since then, it's more routine because they have like more showcases, so they have like more spots. Um, I got you. So since then, it's been more regular. But yeah, for a while, I would just go from time to time for a showcase or like a one-off show or something. Yeah. 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 You know, I've heard that similar uh, trajectory too, where somebody wins like a showcase, then they get invited back and then it just kind of starts, you know, everybody's past different, but yeah, you know, I think it's important information for the comics up there that may be, you know, looking to hit Sainty's, which I would assume is a lot of them. Do you have yeah. any advice being um, for anybody that wants to, um, get on that stage um uh, i don't know if i'm in any position to give advice well you know everybody's different you know and i know everybody's past yeah. is different but I mean, like- it's it's like the most like i mean i think anytime you go up um you should try to give your 100 like sometimes people will like kind of try to like throw in their new stuff or 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 they feel like they've done the same jokes like too many times in a row and people have this like huge pressure to come up with new things and then put that new thing. That's great. I don't know if like the, the first time you're doing zanies, I don't think that's the time for you to the first time you do zanies maybe is the time for you to do your a plus no matter how many times you've done those jokes, like nobody like, trust me, no one in that audience knows you. And probably even if you kill it, they're not going to remember you for a very long. You would have to show up like, like three times in front of the same person before they would remember you, you know? So right. just like, don't worry. And then, you know what? The second time you do Zanies, do 100 again. Okay. Because there is no point. The crowd is not the same. Even if three people in the crowd, four people in the crowd are the same, mm-hmm. you're doing it for the whole crowd. So just do your A plus all over again. And then maybe when you 
keep, you know, going back again and again, then you can do whatever new materials, however you want to do it. Yeah. But just bring, like, bring your best game every time. I feel like that's, it sounds like so obvious. Um, but I think a lot of people are worried about feeling like they're only doing the same old material. And I think there's a lot of stigma. Like I've heard a lot of comics be like, oh, he's been doing that joke for like four years or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. And you know what? For four years, it's been killing. So <laughs> let him do yeah. it as long as he's working on something else as well. Uh, Casey, do you have like any goals for comedy? Um, well, my short-term goal right now is to work on clean sets. Um, mm. So that, that would be very interesting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think I have really gotten it almost there. So um, I mean, and then just build on it. I think it's just an interesting challenge. Um, it makes you like think about, I don't know, just situations differently. It does. Um, yeah. It, it, and, it, and it makes, for me, I, I started writing as clean as I can. I, I throw, I'll throw in, you know, bad words or whatever, but like for yeah. punch, you know, but like yeah. I had to get out of that routine of saying, you know, fuck this, fuck, yeah. this, fuck this. And I found like immediately that my writing got better for me, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Um, that, and then coming up cool. with jokes is more interesting that way because you're no longer like only worried about like I would say sort of like the quote unquote like taboo subjects. You're really thinking about jokes in places that are more I don't want to say mundane, but they're they're not the most exciting places for jokes. But you can come up with an excellent joke mm -hmm. from a situation that's not necessarily the most exciting situation. And I feel like the more you try to write clean stuff, the less you're like what's going on in my bedroom, what's going on in politics or whatever, you know, you're more thinking about like what's going on around me when I'm eating at a restaurant. So I feel like you are forced to think about jokes from there, which is yeah. And, and, and that makes them so much more like unique to the person too, because everybody's yeah. experiences are so, so different for me, like writing, I, I, I forget about a lot of those simple things, you know? Right. So like, and I find that like some of the easiest stuff to write is like half truths, you know, and like, uh, or full truth, but it's so ridiculous that it works, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, that's good. You know, right. It's good to have, I'm, I'm glad you said short term because who knows, you know? Yeah. What the thing it's, is. It's good to have like monthly goals or, you know, two months or whatever. It's, it's good to try to grow in like the everyday kind of situation. I, I've been trying to get better at that. You know, like, Willy nilly, I was at McKay's the other day and uh, I was I've been getting into watching comedy again. I stopped watching comedies for a long time because yeah. I was one of those that was thinking, oh, it's going to I'm going to hear a joke and then it's going to be in the back of my head and I'm going to write the same joke. So I yeah. just I, I stayed away from it until recently because I'm not doing shows or anything or open mics. I'm like, well, let me go back to comedy. I, I've been having such a blast watching stuff I, I missed out on, you know, a lot yeah. of stand up specials. But anyway, I was at, at McKay's doing. Uh, going through the stand-up section and right above it was like a, a, a journal, you know, I was like, Oh, cool. A notebook. I need a notebook. Mm -hmm. And I looked and it was like a personal growth journal. I was like, all right, I'll take it in. Anyway. Oh. And so I've never messed with one of those, uh -huh. but so it has like, you know, daily goals and, and it tracks your sleep and it tracks how much water you have. And it, and I, I started doing that like, I started doing that like a week ago and I've been putting daily goals and, and it, it makes you write, your long-term goal every day to, so you can keep telling yourself that and mm. what's your goal for tomorrow and you see if you accomplish it. So do you feel different 
like like do you feel differently about anything since starting that i am a republican now <laughs> well, no, I, I that journal and so does everyone else because <laughs> right no no i actually i do feel really good like i needed something to like get my thoughts organized and yeah. now like every day i know well i'm gonna try to do this tomorrow and now i'm holding myself to it so it's really good for the self for me right now and yeah and it, it's good to have for anybody i would think to have your goals um written down so you can look at them and constantly yeah. remind yourself, yeah. this is the goal. Don't forget, this is the goal. You know? Yeah. I had one of those like happiness journals or like gratitude journals or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am, it, <laughs> it just makes me feel like I was sad, uh, but I was <laughs> sad and I got a gratitude journal so yeah. I could feel better. And um, it did, it helped a lot. Honestly, I would write like three things I was grateful for when I woke up. And then three things I was grateful for from the day. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of things I might do differently if I could like redo the day. And that's just to kind of like, you know, I guess, remind yourself that things, you know, weren't that bad or weren't that, or, or what you can do differently the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it actually helped a lot. That's great. You know, yeah. like I, I, I'm a cynic, I'm sure <laughs> you might yeah. be a cynical too, but like, I've always seen stuff like that. I'm like, ah. Yeah, 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 I don't need that, you know, yeah. but somehow I took this as a sign. It's like, well, it's right in my face. Yeah. I want to try it. And it's been working for me too. So like, Hey, I, I applaud people that do things. Yeah. I promote mm-hmm. it. You know, definitely. I think, yeah, I honestly always thought it was really uh, like such an eye roll when people were like, well, what are you grateful for? And it's so, you know, like nothing, I'm not grateful for anything. But then when you start to like sit down and think about the things you're grateful for, you kind of start to see a pattern. And then it, it makes you realize like, you know, what things are important, like almost every day in my gratitude journal, it'd be like, like the small things, like, like coffee that, you know, Nick made or something. And then you're like, this little routine makes me happy every day. And that's like one of those things you kind of take for granted. But then when you see a pattern emerge, you're like, Oh, that's a really important pattern in my life, you know? Yeah. And it, yeah, and so you keep it, you know, keep yeah. the, keep the positivity yeah. in there. Yeah. Well, I don't know where the journal is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but you're still happy. So it must have worked. Yeah, right? but it worked for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got, I got one final question for you and uh, uh, feel free to take your time to answer this one. I, w- I was curious and, and this question came up just out of the top of my head. How does it feel to be, um, the funniest comedian in Nashville. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Take your time. I don't know. Who should I ask? <laughs> Who do you want me to ask? <laughs> no, uh, your stuff's so good. And, and you're so funny that like, you've always been one of my favorite comedians to watch. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and, and like, like, like you said, you, I've never seen you take it for granted, you know, and you always got banger stuff and thank you. keep it going, you know? <laughs> Casey, where can people find you on social media if you would like them to follow you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at Shornima Casey, S-H-O-R-N-I-M-A, Casey. And that's it? Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I think we did it. I think that's a show. Yeah, Thank kind you, of, Carl. Kind of painless. I appreciate you hanging yeah. out. And, yeah. uh, you know, once things come back, you know, let's hang out in real life. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay. All right. I'll see you later.
See you later. And that is how you podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all so much for hanging out with Carl on the Badum Ching with Carl. Now on most things, I only assume. So go out there, man, wherever you're listening, click that like, click that subscribe, tell your friends, tell your foes, tell the guy that, that slices your deli meats on the weekends about this show, man, please, because I like deli meats. I like hanging out at delis. You want to go to a deli? We can go to a deli, get a nice Reuben. All right. Plenty more next time. Just like that. So until next time, see you later.